passionate about helping businesses grow and you absolutely have to market to grow your business. Give it all you got. The best is yet to come. We gotta build a little anticipation anyways, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm Tiffany Youngren and I am with OMH Agency. I'm here with one of my favorite entrepreneurs, yeah. Tucker Veldkamp. I'm so with happy Top to Sandwiches. be here. And um, you, I feel like you're kind of joining us mid-sentence a little bit. Tucker and I were just talking about small business. I can barely sit with him for 30 seconds without us going, okay, and this is what's going on, and this is what we're talking about. Exactly. And and exciting. I mean, I feel like when we have issues in business, it means that something's happening, you know, and so so that's actually a good thing. So true. Yeah. So yeah. So anyway, welcome (laughs) to our conversation. We're gonna continue it and we're very glad that you're um, that you're here with us. So I'm gonna kind of hog time at the beginning with with Tucker and just ask him some questions and we'll have more of this discussion. If you come up with any questions during this time um, and you're watching this live, please be sure to uh, post it in the Zoom chat. And uh, Taylor, who is on our digital marketing team, she will feed those questions through to me, but I will be answering them a little bit later. I'm going to just steal some time first. I feel like that was a good point, though. It's like, so if you're having problems, you're getting discouraged by the problems you're seeing in a business. Good point. If you're having problems, it means you're busy. Right. Right? In progress. Yeah, in progress is in you're having to tackle problems. Mm-hmm. If I had like a small cafe somewhere that had no business, you know, I would be 25 minutes Maybe early. Chill. I'd be ready to like, mm-hmm. you know, but some, when we're busy and we have problems, it, it, you have to find solutions for the problem. So it can be frustrating, but it means you're out on the right path. Yeah. Huh? Well, yeah. and I think mindset matters a lot too. So true. I think that as a business owner, Mindset's it's huge. easy. Yeah. It's really easy to kind of have those things come up and let them take you on a ride. And yes. I feel like when those come up, if we're able to kind of look at them more objectively and go, so because we were talking earlier before we um, got online about processes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like processes can they the best um, they're the best result of issues that come up yep. so like, every time an issue comes up it's like okay add to like the process like you said at the uh, biz to biz cuz i you said it and literally is something i had said like a week before too and i had seen it where you had probably seen it too but it's awesome it's like if you don't have the availability to step outside of your business like you said mm-hmm. i said 2 weeks you said a week but 2 3 4 weeks a year and it should run smoothly without you there, mm-hmm. then the processes are not sound, right. right? Right. But if you can step out and it's it, the show goes on without you, it's better when you're there, but it's still the show goes on without you. You have good processes. Right. You right. know, it took me a while even to get to that point because at, for a long time I was bottlenecking my own business, meaning if I wasn't there making those sandwiches, they were not going to come out right, right. Or they weren't going to be on time or, or whatever else. So slowly now a little over two years later three and a half like total in business but uh i got some systems together mm-hmm. so i can be at stuff like this yeah kind of i mean <laughs> no i mean not not fully it's still like i'm checking the cameras like I, I still have that paranoia so that means we have a long ways to go but it's getting better <laughs> every year good. yeah it's, get, it's getting better every year so yeah well and too like when you're developing the processes i think when you're there enough mm-hmm. comes up that you get to learn a lot yeah. to be able to develop them so that you can yeah. leave and then you come back and you're like oh we need more processes <laughs> and then kind of go back and, and work it's on it. It's tough somewhere. and kind of the process that I'm dealing with right now is, and you probably deal with it a lot too, is it's it's easier to make 
processes and systems for your business, it's a lot harder to make systems and processes for your future business. Mm, right. So visioning where it's about to go and what you need to get together. Uh, for me, I need to get certain things together because I'm already getting calls. But when I got my first call, there was like, we want to put two of these in, in Wyoming. I'm like, I'm not even <laughs> close to ready for that yet. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's tough to foresee the stuff in the next year or two years that once again, it's going to enable you to scale quicker. Uh, and that's a lot of the reasons why you see a lot of successful in my industry restaurants that are really successful, but it takes them 10 years to build two stores because mm-hmm. they're just not foreseeing some. There's just they're not building it for the future. They're building yeah. it for like, what do I do right now yeah. to grow? Yeah. So. And I'm trying to be two steps ahead. And a lot of that, I mean, franchising and any sort of partnership where you're now licensing your brand, there's so much liability involved mm-hmm. in it. And it is very scary because you could be in a huge lawsuit. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you have to be a really good steward of those people you're selling your brand to. And they have to be crushing it. Right. Or, or you're going to be in hot water and you're going to be dealing with problems and creating systems in a whole different arena you don't want to be a part of. If you make it. Like most yeah. of the time what happens, yeah, like very rarely can you make it past that. Like mm. that's, a, that's a good point that's to look true. at it up ahead. So, so don't make don't a bad a deal <laughs> on, on growing. But once again, that's why right now before we even cut the deal – Got to do all the back end stuff and just make sure that when you're ready to start courting people, uh, the deal in place is a very strong one. And it, I've seen so many franchise agreements, which is just crazy. It's brutal. Right. You read through them and it's honestly abusive. It's oh, yeah. totally abusive language yeah. towards the franchisee. Mm. I don't like that either. Yeah. What I want to do in growing this, and I think goodwill, kindness, honesty, all those things are what drives business. Right. And franchisors have just gotten away from that. Oh, don't shoot. you think? Yeah, I, I I think yes and no. I yeah. mean, I think there it just became so popular so fast that a yeah. lot of people were kind of cutting corners yeah. and protecting themselves versus looking at Heavy. growth. Okay, so let's just kind of back up for a Sorry. minute. Sorry. No, 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 this is so good. I, I know. super into stuff. It's really great. And that's one of the reasons I'm really happy that you're here. Because yeah. you're just like forward thinking. I mean, we could talk about like, what do you think about stairs right before you walk into an office? And then Tucker would be like, oh my gosh, well, what if we had two? Or what if, should we have one or should yeah. we have two? Because what if? You know, so I just love it. I love I, how passionate you get it. And then you think like, then you, 12 other ideas sprout out of it. Definitely. So, this, so that's why this I brought, is all good. Yeah. So that's why I brought Tucker here. So, um, our goal today is, um, you know, really reaching out. Um, if you are a business owner or if you're an entrepreneur and you're considering starting your own business, um, I wanted to bring someone in that I feel just tackles stuff, researches it, but doesn't like just get paralyzed and doesn't move. Tucker takes action he dreams big. He has very good mentors that I um, really appreciate as well. We listen to a lot of the same yeah, stuff. Um, that's critical. Yeah. And so um, anyway, so we'll, that's kind of the foundation. But this conversation, um, I and part of why I didn't really formally introduce and you know, like, in fact, I still have to actually do our formal introduction because I wanted to capture and share with you a little bit of what we were talking about before. So 
I'm going to back up okay, and cool. I'm going to officially start the podcast. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so Tucker Belkamp, he is the founder of Top Sandwich Company and as an entrepreneur and lover of all things marketing, he aspires to bring Top Sandwich Company nationwide in the next five to 10 years, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you're going to do. So I, I hope thank so. Thank you for coming. Yeah, and, I hope so. Thank yeah, you so much. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of, it is the Grant Cardone theology or oh, whatever yeah, you want yeah, to call yeah. it or... But it's the 10 times. Yeah. And I figure I, I shoot really, really high on that. So that is my mission statement. I I want to take tops nationwide. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, if we fall short at all, I, I shot 10 times. So if we get two, three, four times, then the following five years, 10 years, we can shoot for the 10 times. Yeah. 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 Well, that's so, good. Yeah. And you're not afraid to pivot. So no. Well, why don't you share a little bit about your story? Totally. So... Uh, this is there's actually a longer story. I don't even know if you've heard the full story, but I grew up in Billings here, uh, went to middle school to Will James Middle School. And then uh, my brother kind of got in trouble in high school. So we went to a private Christian school in Colorado Springs uh, with a good sports program. We were really into sports back then. So we wanted the opportunity to maybe go D1. At that mm-hmm. time, I was trying to go pro, mm-hmm. <laughs> all that. So what sports? Yeah, I which, was a I was sports? a big basketball and football okay. player. My sport was basketball. Okay. I played both of them at the varsity level. Uh, but basketball was my thing. I was a shooter. wasn't very quick. Couldn't jump, but I <laughs> loved it. And I think actually the early sports days that totally set me up for what I'm doing now, mm-hmm. and just the practitionership. I mean, I was in the gym every single night, mm-hmm. and I just learned to get good at something, you know, and be dedicated. And then looking back, in my high school years, I, I was a stud as a freshman. You know, I, I, was, on my, I was suiting up for varsity as a freshman. But there's these years, like sophomore, junior year, where I just stopped being a good practitioner. And I think I got mm-hmm. in my own mind a little bit. And I think it really affected my ability to go on to the next level collegiately uh, and also have a really good senior year in basketball. So it's awesome being able to look back at those like seven, eight year span. Like, where did I go wrong? Because I knew I had the skill set to do this and somehow I just didn't capitalize on it. Mm-hmm. And, and that relates to business so well. Sorry, this is a side tangent. No, Be, because I kind of it's really important. Yeah, yeah, I kind of lost my drive and I stopped going to the gym as much. I started drinking with buddies, you know, mm-hmm. hanging out more, got a girlfriend. I just got distracted mm-hmm. in life big time. And I know for a fact, if I would have been doing what I was doing in middle school and freshman year in high school, I would have achieved the, the goals that I had set. Well, it's amazing how, like, I, our kids, even if they weren't athletic, they they played sports. And I always mm. said, you know, there's there's a lot of extracurricular things that you can do, but sports to me was really, and I'm not super athletic, mm-hmm. but I, I was a hardcore basketball player. Yeah. And, um, and I just feel like there are so many things to learn that, and, and I, and I say to a lot, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. And so just like what you're saying, where look at how much you learned in school, who would have thought that that's what you learned? It wasn't about like what formulas do you remember it's now weird. from algebra? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, no, it's like, right. well, I remember that on my sports team or, or even looking at, you know, as a business owner, you have to do the right thing over and over and over again yeah. and get no results. Just a repetition. lot. You have to just do it and do it. Yeah. And you have to put your head down and not really care too much about like what people are saying mm. or thinking, except for your, your clients and yep. your customers and yep. listen to them keenly, but then yep. kind of try to block all the rest of it out. And, and so what true. you're kind of the story you're telling mm-hmm. is a good example of yeah. that. So the high school years definitely set me up for now too, because 
I'm not doing that this time. I'm gonna. I'm in the seventh, eighth grade right now, yeah. doing the everyday thing. But I'm not gonna ever step out of that. Now I'm it's gonna the cuss. stay. Now it's like, yeah, okay. it is. It could go. It could go south real quick. Not. I know that this business is gonna do well in Billings for yeah. a very long time. But south for me is just falling short of my right. my hopes. You know, I don't just want to make the varsity team three years. I want to like move on to the next level. D1 pros. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so after. High school in Colorado Springs, I graduated, and I decided right after high school I was not going to go to college. I was going to go straight into business, so I moved back to Billings, got my real estate license here, uh, practiced commercial real estate for a little while, you know, tried to make the big bucks. It was way, <laughs> way over my head at that point, and I just was fundamentally, I wasn't that well-spoken. I, I wasn't that well-written. I just couldn't communicate that well, uh, and I... I was loud. I was loud just like I am now. I was just not as enthusiastic. Yeah, it wasn't that articulate at all. So it's embarrassing for me, like going back (laughs) in social media and seeing like five years ago how, or not even like now it's 10. But you know, some of the top um, web, you know, uh, webcasters or Mm -hmm. webinar people who do a lot of the teaching, they say that too. They'll say like, we just, I just got my iPhone and I was watching someone who has like a multi-million dollar vlog now Mm -hmm. and she was saying, you know, how it's embarrassing. It like, I don't know, I know how many people have said, oh, oh I loved my man. early years, you know? And I, like, some of the things you think is cool, like, in the time, <laughs> you look back, you're like, gosh, that was just ridiculous. And I mean... But you did it. Like, you put your... Yeah. I mean, put, even though it wasn't where you ended up, at least, you know, it was like... At least I was delving into social media a little bit. Little did I know how big of a deal it would be today. But yeah, I was delving into it a little bit. But anyways, the, the real estate thing did not really work out for me. Uh, I still have my license to this day, but I decided to go. My brother talked me into going to Fort Collins, going to school at CSU, kind of entering back into the, I'm not ready to grow up. I, I need a little bit of time. You know, I hadn't even had my first job at that mm-hmm. point. I had never interviewed for a, <laughs> I had never interviewed for a position or anything. And I was going straight into real estate. I just didn't know what I was doing. Time to back up. Yeah. yeah so I backed up. I'm like, I need to be a kid a little longer. I went to CSU. I majored in communications and then I minored in business. So I didn't have to do all the calculus. It was too much work for me. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to hold a full-time job while I was in school because I was 100% money motivated. Just because I was going back to being a kid for a few years didn't mean I did not want to tackle right. the money side of things. So I got a bartending job, just crappy. In the first year, I was making like $200 a week, like just brutal. <laughs> and I, I, in the beginning, I was like a security guard or some crazy like that at 150 pounds. And I was... Uh, <laughs> making $7.50 an hour and almost getting stabbed on a nightly basis. Oh it was brutal. It was so brutal. They went out of business. I think I got I got fired, actually, from that <laughs> job for like getting drunk, not waking up the next day or something crazy like that. Okay. Uh, but that pushed me into my next job. And the job that I, I found is called Tony's Bar. They have a little rooftop patio. It was awesome. I, I got to the point where I, I was in a good position. I was making like $1,000, $1,500 a week in oh, cash. Nice. And for me at that time, that was like yeah. the bankroll, you know. <laughs> I thought I was loaded because I knew how to live off of seven fifty an hour. Right. So when I was making that kind of money, I was saving. I my bank account hit ten grand. I'm like, I'm rich. Oh, oh, yeah. Yep, <laughs> I made it, you know. And uh, and from there, I just I did save intense in college. So in college, I, I saved a bunch of money. I had like thirty, thirty-five thousand, kind of waving depending on my expenses. 
And by the time I graduated, I was going to go into real estate in Fort Collins. My dad called me and he had leased a space to the Spicy Pickle here in Billings. Mm -hmm. And they went out of business in eight months and they were desperate to get out of the lease. Mm -hmm. There was about 250000 in built out space in there. So my dad called me. He's like, dude, I wouldn't tell you about this if this is not the best deal like i mean you just can't lose it's right. a great deal uh they're desperate to get out you're getting pennies on the dollar mm -hmm. so I, I sat and i thought about it for a while i did not want to get into the food business that's right. the last <laughs> thing i wanted to do i, I heard Tuck whatever gig. yeah i heard what everyone <laughs> yeah. else was saying and it was like low margin right. high work and yeah. honestly in in college they tried to put me in the kitchen like before bartending and i'm like no, I'm not doing yeah. this. I'm the face of the operation. I am not doing this behind the scenes crap. But I sure enough, I put my entire savings account, literally the last and oh, everything man. I all had in. to my name all in. Yeah. And I didn't realize that at the time that once it's all in, I mean, you don't have any money to your name. So I went all in and then I lost money for a straight year and a half. Like yeah. lost money had to, I moved in with my parents when I moved back to Billings and I was planning on, you know, being there two months just mm -hmm. while we got it started, <laughs> yeah. you know, while we, while we got it started seven months later and I'm like in deep depression and we're losing mad money. I mean, my bank account, it, it went from, I think we had like 14,000 in the operating account in the beginning and it was a little cash flush, but with all the training and stuff. It went down really quickly right. to six, seven. And then we got to the point where I was managing like $2,000 oh, for, yeah. for a long time. And all it was is just not paying utilities one month, waiting till you get those disconnect notices, right. uh, telling my landlord. And I got to the point where I just told them, look, you can close me down anytime you want. I can't pay rent. It is what it is. You know, this is just not working. And nationwide, the spicy pickle, when I went in, let me back up, I chose to, to reopen as a spicy okay. pickle at, at that time. And they dined, wined and dined me a little bit, pitching a good story. I did my research. They had gone bankrupt nationally. Mm -hmm. uh, so so I, I knew the writing was on the wall, but any entrepreneur with that mindset is like, I'll go in and crush it. You know, I can turn this thing okay. around. When you have a bad product and bad, these were bad systems mm -hmm. and uh, really, really bad systems. And you just couldn't do it. There was little inefficiencies in the business. Like if you went in and had lunch, if you guys came in for a gluten-free wrap, number one, we didn't have gluten-free options because mm -hmm. they weren't very forward thinking. Mm -hmm. Number two, the meat quality was going to be terrible. Uh, and I don't mean to like just crap on them but uh number three you'd be waiting 20 minutes to get your food how can you make money in the lunch business if you can't flip tables quickly they're only seven dollar sandwiches right. if you're not doing over two grand a day you're not going to make enough to live off of you know or probably 14 1500 a day you can pull a decent living wage out of a restaurant by doing that but it's going to be a lot of work and very little money. We were doing $750 a day mm. at that point, $750 a day. And I didn't know what it would take to hit break even or profitability. So I was just like pushing forward, let's get to 1000 you know, mm -hmm. let's get to 800 Never happened. So I had to call. They brought in like a, a new investor guy that came and I told them like, dude, this is going terrible. Like I might have three months left um, and then I'm done. 
he was trying to switch around. In the meantime, I had written a business plan, all this stuff I'm telling you. I, I saw the inefficiencies. Mm-hmm. They could have hired me as a consultant. And I hate to say it, and I don't know if I'm special in this or if every franchisee was feeling the same way as me and could have turned it around, but <coughs> I honestly could have taken their structure and turned it completely around and rebranded it, and they would probably have 10 or 15 restaurants with some capital money mm-hmm. and, and all that. So so instead, I mean, they, they were not going to really follow my lead on anything. They wouldn't listen to me. So I wrote up the business plan. I called them and I'm like, look, I have no money to my name. Uh, if you're going to try to sue me, you can have my boxer briefs and my <laughs> shoes. You know what I mean? That's all I got. Yeah, because it really yeah. was. And honestly, I was in a deep depression at that mm-hmm. point. I mean, things were going bad for me. My relationship at the time had been crumbling. I mean, everything is... If, if something like that in your life is going south, it, it all tumbles. Right. And it takes a lot to pull pull yourself out. But anyways... I got the agreement back from this gentleman that had bought it. He was going to let me out of the franchise agreement. That was part of it. And this conversation was going on for like freaking two months Mm -hmm. where he was ambiguous about whether there's going to be a no compete clause or not. And I'm, I'm ready to go on my other concept. I couldn't tell him about that at Mm -hmm. the point. Can't like be outward about that. He'd be pissed. But at the same time, like it's not your fault. Like, I like you. I think you're going to do well with the brand, but the people before this set me up to fail, you know, so I have to do what's best for me. I got love for you, but mm-hmm. there's just no more money to, to sample out your, your product. It's just not working. Mm-hmm. Um, am I rambling too much? No, but okay. Yeah, no. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, so I got out of the agreement and off and on. Finally, he agreed to let me out. Now there's a second part of this whole ordeal. I'm, mind you, I'm depressed, like just struggling. I have to go meet with these high net worth individual landlords that are crushing it. You would know them for sure. Uh, and I had to negotiate. I'm like, I know I'm $40,000 behind in rent, but I'm either going to file for bankruptcy or you guys are going to let me move forward on this. And here's my business plan. Uh, I already got a line of credit approved at the bank uh, just in case we have some ebbs and flows. So you're going to get paid no matter what. Mm-hmm. I'll sign a whole new five-year lease. And thank you, goodness, they agreed to oh, it. Okay. Uh, we closed October 31st, 2014, reopened November 1st. Or no, November, like, I think it was the 15th of November. Um, first freaking week we might have did like two thousand dollars the whole week (laughs) yeah the whole week so i'm thinking to myself oh man not again (laughs) yeah no i thought that all the time because not only you get to a point where you're showing up and like you're you're making a little bit of money no i was showing up to like lose money like to pay five hundred dollars a day i I was showing up yeah yeah it was it was insane take it personally only to uh, lose money. It, it was insane. I think entrepreneurs are so uh, crazy like that. <laughs> it was the toughest time in the world. But some of these areas are why I am the man that I am today and the why I feel so strongly about what I've built. And I feel so confident about it because, man, in, in my opinion, all that really matters is your own opinion about yourself because that's self-worth. 
I think no one else could have done what I did, you know, and, that, and that's important moving forward for me. Uh, but sure enough, it, it started to build. We got up to $25,000 a month. By the time we hit 32000 a month, which was maybe like three months into it, it happened quick. Okay. But I was like, okay, we're doing a little bit more than the spicy pickle was. I was still managing like no money. Okay. Uh, and, and then there was a, there was a time that hit. Tipping point. Yeah, just a tipping point. And the whole time while sales were low, the the biggest important importance in, in whether you should pivot or not pivot mm-hmm. is feedback, man. Yeah. And I knew with the spicy pickle I had to pivot because the sales were low and the feedback was brutal. Right. The the top sandwich company, there was great feedback and uh in in sales were growing, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I hung on long enough. I feel like I signed on with the big J show. Somehow I finagled my way in there. And I, the first day on the big J show, I, I started hitting good sales. Then I signed a deal where I'd go on continuously. That was a big platform oh, wow, yeah. that, that spread my product. And he got on and, and signed off on me kind of with the community. Yeah. And that really spread springboarded me up and then also the Facebook I started figuring out pictures and I was at the point where I was just posting still photos Mm -hmm. iPhone photos but for five bucks it was at a point where I think I built my business on the back of Facebook ads (laughs) yeah because it was at the point where you're spending five bucks and reaching five thousand people (laughs) yeah yeah and it was crappy content too which is crazy but yeah I i I built the business when the Facebook was like, no one was doing the ad product yet. Mm-hmm. And it was working so damn well for yeah. me that it was like, All right. it, it was crazy. And then, uh, you know, it kept growing. And honestly, in March is when this March, so under a year ago, is when it just hit a new high. When I was doing 40000 a month in sales, we were making money, like plenty to live off of. But I hit like $50,000 a month in in march and i was like yeah we made it you know and then and then it, it just kept growing and today we're about at seventy thousand a month and i'm just like i don't even know where yeah. it's going from there from <laughs> here but i do know that that million dollar point annually for restaurant sales especially for the sandwich mm-hmm. industry it's a sweet spot to be in mm-hmm. for one restaurant it's mm-hmm. you're you're going to be profitable over a half million you should be profitable enough to survive but if you're in that million dollar point you can actually build a a franchise system off of because those are just high sales numbers and and we're slowly getting there but this is in the middle of the of the journey and the story still because we're at 70 we need to take it to 85 90 a month Mm -hmm. and and then we will be at that million dollar point yep But that's it's, why it's almost like in any industry, the first million is always the hardest to make. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know, in real estate, they, you know, that was always the big, yeah, the big number. And, True. Um, it, it's net worth. Cr- yeah. Is always the, you know, the big number is like now, once you hit a million. That's crazy. The first million is always the hardest. I, I don't. I mean, the net worth game. I haven't even delved into that much i'm probably a higher net worth than i think because i have an asset you know but i haven't even thought once about that because i'm i'm not in the selling position i'm so set out to build Mm -hmm. this thing to a point that i mean the only time i would ever sell equity is if it's at a point where i need to sell that equity to take the brand to a higher level it, it's not about money for me. Right. It's more about pride mm-hmm. and, and just about achieving things. And I, it's so cliche to say, but money's the byproduct. You know what it I mean? Is. It, yeah, it, and that's it, true. It, it, it's kind of cliche to say, but 
I do understand what people mean when they tell you once you stop chasing the money and you start chasing the dream and the passion, everything changes. Uh, And that's the niche that I've found with this. And I think that's the reason we're growing quickly is I love marketing. Mm -hmm. I love marketing. I love branding. Branding is like, I don't know why. It's so fun (laughs) for me. But I think the communications major background creating ads in college like some of those things attribute to it but this is like my joy if I could do this I know you're the same way if I could do this every day and just brand heavy I would so do that yeah I don't love making sandwiches but yeah I love this side of things it's it's a blast and this has been so good for my brand that it's it's perfect. Good. It's a match made in heaven. That's so, my long story. Yay, I hope that, was that wasn't story. that rambly because no, I haven't got... was like, okay, so how's everybody doing out there? Are y'all doing okay? <laughs> I know. And then I was like, I don't want to interrupt Tucker because it's a great <laughs> thank story. You, thank so, you. <laughs> so no, I appreciate that, you sharing. It, it actually is... I think it's really helpful to see because, um, you know, there are a lot of entrepreneurs who do come out and say, you know, you have to work hard. You know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people come into business and they're like, I'm working hard, but, mm-hmm. but you really don't know what that means uh. until you're like really in pain Mm -hmm. and losing money Mm -hmm. and working longer hours and taking bigger risks and everyone's mad at you. And at the beginning, it's so like everybody thinks you're crazy. Mm -hmm. And so you have to, you know, you have to like bust through all that. And then when you start getting successful, everybody's hate you for a little bit until they admire you. And then it's you're like, bizarre. you're this overnight success. I always it's say the so 10 year, bizarre. the 10 year process that it takes to be an overnight success. Oh my success. gosh. To <laughs> add on that, it's like the weirdest thing in it, it. I lost so many relationships already for it, but people think that, you know, uh, like multi-levels you signed mm-hmm. up for, like uh, different multi-levels, you join one of those and everyone's like, everyone hates me now. Um, that is honestly I, so, so Avocare, Amway, yeah. all those, they're actually great spots I to build off them. of. Yeah, I love no. them. I think if you can do that, you can start you're a so, business. You're yeah. so right. <laughs> like, but, but I'm saying, because I my parents have built a big Amway business, so I have the inside to that, and I was a part of Amway, and I still am actually. But my thought process when I was young was, everyone hates me, no one wants to mess with me, no one will listen to me. Well, that's not just multi-level. That's any right. business you start. I started a freaking sandwich company, and my friends just repelled. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, it's yeah. like it's a $7 transaction, and no one will buy a sandwich from you. <laughs> know. You know what I mean? I do. And in the beginning, uh, they do. They think you're crazy. Yeah. And, and, and they think it's cool. Then they think it's – but when, yeah. they, when you look at them, they're like, wow, that's so cool. Good job. Uh, you know, and you're you, like – You almost have where to – Where are you the rest of my yeah, life? Yeah, <laughs> you, you have to win the support of the masses. Yeah. And then the, you you just can't sell and to friends. And then your friends believe you. Yeah, you can't Then they're like, oh, sell. everybody else loves you. Well, uh, now what's happening? <laughs> you can't sell to friends in any industry you're in. It, yeah, it's wild. And, and a lot of my friendships – They've kind of like dissipated a little because I mean, we I'm all like, still love you still. Yeah, so we, we if, do. If you lo- feel like we're talking to you, yeah, and we we're not. We don't mean you because but, you're listening to this. So that's that's a good first step. That, that's so that's so true. And <laughs> you I mean, be listening if you were one of those you, friends. You never <laughs> want to build. I mean, burn bridges or any of that. But at one point in your life, you do got to look at it this way. I mean, who am I out for? I defend my family. You know, my network. If you're not going to come buy a sandwich from you. What are you bringing to my life? <laughs> Honestly, what are you bringing into my life at, at that point if you're not going to support me enough to buy a $7 sandwich? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's really a hasty thing to say, 
But I, I don't really know I've, how to respond to no, that. No, I've, you know. to- I've totally gotten to a point in my life where I just don't have drinking buddies. I don't have time for it. And I, I don't really have time for the feel-good relationships either. My life is ran as, a, as the Veltkamp family business. And, and that's how I look mm-hmm. at, at everything. If you want to be my friend, you're, you're also going to be my professional friend, meaning we support each other. Well, and, and I just kind of want to tack onto this. What you're saying, I think, to anyone outside of the experiences that you and I and other entrepreneurs have truly had and lived, yeah. um, it sounds really callous. Like it Does sounds, it? It, no, I, know. I mean, I feel, no, I'm, I you get, understand. like I'm, yeah. But I just want to say um, that it does. It sounds mm-hmm. like, you know, money is the most important. Because you're thinking about, like, I'm thinking about a lot of my friendships that wouldn't understand that. Like, they mm-hmm. would just be like, I don't even know if I want to buy a sandwich from you. <laughs> you know, well, are they really your that, friend if they're not supporting professionally? But the, the bottom line is, is that when you, okay. We've moved, right? So yeah. we were from Washington State, and then we lived in Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. and then now we live in Billings. Mm-hmm. If I don't live in the same city as someone, like I have family in different states, yeah, I love them to my guts. Yeah. Like with if they were right here, I would I would totally. stop you and yeah. I would say I'm sorry. Push pause. <laughs> my sister just showed up. You know, yeah. I mean, I lo- they are. That's why I do all this. Yeah. You know, I love. My family, I love my friends. Family's a different story. Well, and I have friends. Like, I have to say, like, I have yeah. friends that I love to my guts. And yeah. and they ignore every business venture I ever do, mm-hmm. even though that's who I am. And and I feel like you and I, we probably feel like, if you don't get me as a business person, how do you get me at all? Like, that's me. It, yeah. yeah. And so I guess I just wanted to kind of reconcile that in that if we live out of town, it's really hard to have a relationship with someone. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard to say, oh, yeah, they just... Mm-hmm. had a soccer game for their kids. You know, yeah. you're about to have a baby mm-hmm. and that changes everything. Yeah. And you, and this is one thing I saw as our kids were growing up. If, if our kids didn't go to the same school as my best friends, mm-hmm. we suddenly didn't see those friends for a mm-hmm. while. And, and it's just, I love them. If they show up, I have all the time in the world for totally. them. So I, I feel like I have a capacity to love as many mm-hmm. people who are in my life. But it, when it comes to like, I want to carve out regular time with this person and become like, because you become who you're around. Yeah. And so if I'm going to invest a lot of my time and emotion and trust in, I'm going to listen to what you have to say Mm -hmm. about that. I feel like it's a different kind of a friendship that, that is, so it's not to say like, goodbye, you don't get me as a business friend. Like I do a little bit feel like, I don't know how close you can be to me if you don't get like my business, but, but I do feel that there's like a love I love people side of it. No, and totally. then there's a like really investing time on a regular basis yep. with people. Friendship. Is that kind of a better characterization that's, of our, we, if you don't yeah, want to buy a sandwich from me, that's, then that's a lot less callous of a way to put it for sure. And I, <laughs> that's I a think, long explanation, but I, I, think, no, I just good. think it's a lot more complicated. I, I'm with that. you and I'm all about empathy. I, I do. I love, I love people, but uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. You get in a point in, in your life, and I'm definitely in that point where I'm so head down, focus on my professional mm-hmm. life, that if you're if you're not supporting professionally, I mean, I don't dislike right. anybody. I right. got respect. I have love for everybody. But uh, yeah, I'm focused on what I'm doing. And, mm-hmm. and 
I need and your, honestly, they and are I need too. your support. I got yeah. something big going on over here, so I yeah. love your support. And which of those friends couldn't say the same thing? I mean, yeah. they're off doing their thing. Yeah, they definitely. can't even buy a sandwich for De- you. Definitely. So obviously, they must be so busy Most that of they them, can't. Maybe I, they live in the Heights, or, and, and pretty soon that will be solved. If they're too. eating the competitors' sandwiches, <laughs> oh don't, man! Don't ask. Don't tell. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Okay, um, so okay, so we've talked about a lot of the things that normally we, I would want to share with everybody. Um, I mean, you talked about milestones. Okay, let's, I do want to talk a little bit more about marketing. Um, mm-hmm. First, before I go to these questions, you met, you talked about Facebook, and it sounds like it had a really pivotal um, role in mm-hmm. you your growth and the growth of Tops. Um, and then you did touch on the fact that there was a time where. You could, I mean, we could spend $2. Facebook won't even let you set a budget less than like 5 or $10 a day. I really? mean, now it's like, yeah. I haven't I mean, it spent depends. that in a long time yeah, now. It, so. it kind of depends on the structure and things like that. But typically. For a while you could. It oh, was like, you it was could do. easy peasy. And you would reach 4,000 people. Yeah. I mean, it was. So with that kind of a change going on, first of all, I mean, I'm with you. There's still a role in Facebook ads. Like yeah. we're huge on Facebook. We love it. Yeah. Um, however, where do you see kind of the next phase? Man, that's that's a great question. And it's changing so quickly that week by week, I mean, we're watching the dollars change. And, and Facebook has so many different tools. That, I mean, we just found out about something last night that we we're looking at that uh, you can change your ad structure, whether it's viewership or impressions. Mm-hmm. And we're we're going to have to test that out to even know exactly what it means because, okay, if impressions are easier to get, now the content is the variable that makes them click and makes those valuable. But if you're making Facebook uh, collect those dollars for views accumulated, it's different. Mm-hmm. There's so many different metrics and I think it is very confusing and it takes a lot of research and development right now. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the one trending theme is is once it gets more crowded, the ad space gets more expensive. Yeah, kind and, of Google. Google's a really good example. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think we're still pretty early on because mm-hmm. for 10,000 views for 125 bucks with good content, really- mind you, I was getting 22,000 off 125 for a long time. Quite a while, it's like still fifteen. To, it's still underpriced. Ten thousand views because it's a captive view. Honestly, five hundred views is powerful if they love what you're putting out because they're. It's just a. I love video. I think yeah. video is awesome, but as it gets more crowded, just like anything, like you said, I'm still advertising on Google Ads. Mm-hmm. I, I still, oh, yeah. I still do. Uh, bid on certain words. It's not a very good deal, but it, it's still any marketing. Is a good investment. Mm-hmm. I, I just sat down with uh, Robert from Big Size Spas, you know, mm-hmm. and we were talking about his marketing stuff. And it's true. I, I don't love print ads. I, I'm mm-hmm. kind of anti-print ad. But when we're talking about his demographic of people, it, it, it's so different. It, it's older people who still read mm-hmm. magazines. So it's probably a good investment for his business. Right. Uh, the, the dollar amount, it's not a very good price per impression. And that impression is not that engaged it's just tougher to be engaged with i mean digital is awesome video is awesome Uh, a print ad where you have a hundred other businesses next to it the whole the whole piece is advertised Mm -hmm. it's a one big advertisement there's no storytelling in it Mm -hmm. so you it red flags in the consumer's mind this piece is all advertising Mm -hmm. and then they gotta search through all the advertisements to find your advertisement Mm -hmm. 
So the price per impression is, is way worse in that kind of realm. Uh, but any advertising is good. So as, mm-hmm. back to Facebook, as, as crowded as it gets, I think it's always a good investment. Right. And I think anytime you're spending money, as long as there is an ROI, if it's just too expensive to return it all, mm-hmm. uh, then you're playing the five-year game, right? Because you're still getting new customers. Mm-hmm. You are not turning a profit off of those dollars you're spending. Right. At what point do you need cash? Yeah, exactly. Well, we just have a couple more minutes left. Okay. Um, so before we do... Now, uh, Jeff Leathert from Billings Lifestyle Magazine, he came in and we talked a lot about marketing budget. Yep. And I feel like with small business owners, this is such a huge deal because you, like you were saying, it's like you're moving all these dollars around going, mm-hmm. how do I make it? How do I pay the bills? And but marketing is so crucial. Like mm-hmm. you don't grow if you don't market. So mm-hmm. um, can you just share a little bit about your approach to your marketing budget Definitely. having gone from kind of zero to where you are right now? Definitely. So in the beginning, I would roll all your money into marketing. Yeah, like 10, 15% in the beginning if if you have the capacity to do it because that is literally the gasoline. It's so so the marketing dollars get people into the door and now your product, the core of your business is going to get them back. So it's a big snowball ro- <coughs> rolling down a hill. How quickly do you want that snowball to accumulate? It's up to you. You can wait five years to build a solid business or if, if you're willing to like you eat dirt in the beginning, you know, and throw more money into that marketing and the product is good, you're just going to speed up that business cycle. So you're hitting like five-year numbers at two years. Yeah. I think we've totally done that. I, I think this could have been a five to seven-year plan, mm-hmm. but we have rolled a lot of smart marketing dollars out and, and it's it's worked really well. Awesome. awesome. So I... I the Big Sky Spas thing, I was talking to Robert about Jeff's magazine platform, and I was thinking to myself, that is like the perfect dollar mm-hmm. spend for, for the spa industry. Yeah. Uh, and, and then it made me think, you know, like sometimes I'm like negative on print ads, but I'm like, there are some times for different super- demographics that you want, I just go for the young demographics. So a lot of times when I speak on marketing, it does not apply. And it's yes, not a, you have flyers or you have post, you know, you have your little cards that yeah, you give out. Yeah, so. it's not it's a not blanket statement. It, true, so I would true. say that you just do it um, really selectively. So yeah. if you're going to do a print ad, it's not going to be in a newspaper crowded with 15 others. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a, we are going to print these. Yep. And this is how we're strategically I, going to For my business, I, I want to get away from any of it though, because... Uh, First of all, the demographic that buys spas, which is awesome for print ad, the spa business, mm-hmm. but for the food industry, people 50 to 75 years old, they're not, they don't change their choices. They go to Stella's right. Bakery and they've been doing it for 30 years. Yeah. And honestly, if they come into Tops, they're the skeptical customer that asks <laughs> a thousand questions, you know, when it's like, this is a turkey <laughs> sandwich, man. You don't kind of make it so difficult. So, so yeah, it, a lot of times when I make statements about marketing and I've gotten myself in hot water on my podcast <laughs> because of it, it's sometimes I make these blanket statements and honestly, the blanket is only covering my industry because I'm totally focused on that. Well, and you even said, you talked about the Big J Show and that's a radio show. Yeah. So there's another more traditional yeah. outlet that you use that Big was highly effective. Big J Show has been so effective. And I would say too, I, I am I'm so critical of... Um, like our local commercials, mm-hmm. but there are a few that I don't even, they're not always even the best produced, mm-hmm. but they're 
they nail it. Like yeah. it's like in in every um, every time we've ever done Chat and Girl, we always talk about talking to the audience, and I think that's exactly what you're talking about here. Yeah. Is like. If you, no matter what outlet, first of all, know that your audience is there mm-hmm. and go to where they are so yep. they don't have to go hunt you down. True. And then two is know what they want to hear and what they expect because someone mm-hmm. looking at a newspaper at a bunch of ads, that's what they're expecting to see. It's native to yeah. that way of advertising. So true. And in Facebook, you want it to look like a Facebook mm-hmm. post. Rather than an yeah. Instagram or, or yeah. Snapchat. And so, and that goes for like being on the radio. You mm-hmm. want it to sound like the things that the listeners are going to want to hear, mm-hmm. you know, and things like that. So it, it all just kind of comes right back yeah. to that. And so I, I can't even hate on newspaper that bad because... <laughs> Like you said, the ad is native to newspaper, and that that certain demographic they navigate those those ad products so well. Right, I don't. And I would say too that um, the one thing that newspapers I feel, especially Billings Gazette. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I don't I don't know anybody at the Billings Gazette, um, and I'm not going to even say whether or not I subscribe, but I love it. I think that they do such a good job of getting the news out. Mm-hmm. I will read it on my Facebook feed from the Billings Gazette mm-hmm. before it, like, it could be two days before yep. I see it on TV. It's true. And so I think this is a really good opportunity for um, something new that we mm-hmm. haven't seen. I think that if someone wants to disrupt something and find a way to advertise open in field. newspaper. Yeah. Because I feel like the journalism in newspaper is better quality. Really I feel like on TV, quality. it's like, oh, yeah. I just read the paper this morning and I'm uh, going to tell, oh wait, I read it yesterday and here's the is, news for today, you know? This is, it's getting, it's getting scary times for the Billings Gazette, Q2, like those local broadcasts and it's the time to pivot. Yeah. And I addressed this on a, on the last podcast I did, but we're probably editing it out because it was slightly <laughs> offensive, and I don't want to. I don't want to burn bridges. You know what I mean? But Gazette is a good example. They are pivoting pretty dang well. But I would challenge advertisers. I would challenge entrepreneurs to think mm-hmm. of a way to because we're the ones who are supposed to know our audience. But those are their own businesses. The yeah. Gazette and Q two. But if they, they're their own businesses, we're, I'm a media company at Tops. Yeah. You know what I mean? So honestly, the more content I'm putting out. I'm becoming a competitor to some of these true. people. That's true. It just is. So now the Gazette is in hot water because they send their salesperson in to me and I tell them to take a flying leap. I'm not interested. But like where I was going with this, the Gazette is pivoting pretty well into Facebook. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah. that's the key is they just need to make the right pivot. And uh, they have enough viewership and following mm-hmm. that as long as they place their ad products in the right spot and not the pre-rolls they're trying to sell me in 2013, <laughs> which are just crazy, you know. And, and even, yeah. I don't know. Well, and kind of, uh, I want to kind of touch too on what you said earlier where you can market and bring the person in, but yeah. what you deliver is, I, I feel, probably the most important part of marketing yeah. is what happens when they get there. True. And I would say the Billings so Gazette does a good job of that. Like, they, I, they actually have articles that I want to read bad enough that I answer Definitely. the question that they ask. Me too. They're like, so how many times does your pet That's poop every so day? true. And I'm like, that well, is, that is just a, that's just an example that, I mean. They, they never asked that. That was They just a joke, are but. doing a good job because yeah. I am in the same boat as you. I'll get to the point where I've, I'm answering every yeah. survey. Like your article is awesome. Yep. Tell me what you have to yep. say. They have great, their journalists are awesome. Yeah. You're so right about okay, that. Okay, so we digress again. So I'm going <laughs> to go right to the end um foodie fact what okay so 
Um, anyone who's listened to Chat and Grow, I don't know if you've heard these, but uh, I am a huge foodie. And so I love to talk about food cool. when we have staff meetings. It's not uncommon that yeah. all of a sudden we're like, oh, where'd you eat last night? Oh, and then we get into this whole thing about yeah. the ingredients and like what kind of, uh-huh. you know, I'm obsessed with cool. food. So um, what is your favorite dish or ingredient? Um, so favorite dish, I'm going to step outside of my business. I okay. love chicken wings okay they have to be extra crispy okay and extra hot oh my god there's a spot in fort collins jim's wings that's by <laughs> far the best in the country awesome not even region okay. country they're <laughs> Next so time good we're in fort collins we'll definitely you have, have to, to try them they're bomb right across from moby arena okay uh and across from the quadoba on oh, campus there okay um yeah Oh, check, I think they have a new... Spoons think, is right by there. Okay. Have you heard of Spoons? No. It's a small little We only go to Fort Collins to eat on our way somewhere else. Which... That's the only times we've ever... It heard. takes so long to drive into I that know, town. But it's really pretty. Yeah. What so. I'm talking about is like way in oh. by the campus. Because you, you're passing on I-25. You got to take Harmony, Prospect, or Mulberry. Almost five miles into the town. <laughs> it's it's weird. So maybe we'll have to stay in Fort Collins sometime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not try, quite a... It's, it's on the our best. Way to it'd, it'd be worth a trip. <laughs> I think there's a Torchies there now. Is there? Or just Denver? I don't know. I, I believe I've seen stuff from my friends that are still there that there Torchies. is a Torchies. I've, oh I've been gosh. hearing about that. Yep. Oh, I miss Torchies. So, and okay. Well, thank you so favorite much. Favorite ingredient? Garlic. Oh, okay. Garlic Do is Do you have garlic key. on any of your sandwiches? I have garlic on my chips, core oh, product. That's right. yes. And we put garlic on, we have this blend of seasoning. Garlic is heavy on like everything. Yeah. Make do. sure everybody in the office eats the chips <laughs> or nobody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, awesome. Okay. Well, Tucker, thank you so much for coming this morning. I know you Absolutely. had a really, uh, uh, Tops does cater and right now is a really busy time of year. And so I know you had a lot of catering things it's going weird on this morning. Time of year. And then Tucker shows up and like all our parking is blocked out because apparently they're doing street work today. And so um, yeah. So uh, thank you for going through all that just to be here. I was scrambling just <laughs> moving this morning. There's just yeah. So that's awesome. And thank you again to Alex Youngren who does our sound. Good man. Yes, he's super awesome. And we will be posting several we have four po- uh, previous chat and grows mastermind sessions that we will be posting in the next week so make sure to watch your dashboard for that Um, and then upcoming next week we will be speaking with emily petroff and she is she is amazing she's super have you talked to her before oh my gosh she is so fun to listen to and she's really animated and she knows all about marketing and she does a lot of um, business development coaching and things like that Um, she will she has her own consulting like she cool. consults and then she has all, she was, she's one of these people with a lot of projects going mm-hmm. on. And so, but I know that she like literally digs in and helps real estate agents mm-hmm. build their businesses. And I she, like the topic she picked. Yeah. Authenticity and transparency. Those are huge. They're very are big. Huge. They're very big. So, um, I'm really excited to visit with her about that. Yeah. Um, one, I feel like it's kind of a concept that, you know, gets thrown around a lot. It's like, Oh, that sounds so hip. But I feel like a lot of us are like, have our own ideas about mm-hmm. what maybe that means True. and how do we integrate that with our business and our business Definitely. model. So I'll be really excited to hear what... Um, it's changing to the whole transparency thing big time. Yeah. There's a company out of Russia. They're, they're expanding everywhere. It's a pizza joint. I'll make this quick. But they are posting their P&Ls live Whoa. online. There's a live stream of video into the facility. 
Oh my gosh. It's, it's so a pizza transparent. Place? Like, I don't want to so know that. Like, why are they doing that? It's I don't want to know about right? pizza. It's challenging how effective <laughs> transparency is for business yeah. Right now. And I mean, the, it, it's just interesting. Transparency, that's why it's a huge topic. Yeah. And at what point is it advantageous to be transparent? Yeah. That's like to the 10th level, you know? Yeah. It's well, maybe you should, you, you know, come in. It's, in, it's interesting. It's, that's very, make, sure you, make sure you come online and then post your comments and things. To, so I'll read sure. it out loud. That and, is a great narrative though, right? Yeah. That's putting a narrative together. You're storytelling 24 hours a day. Right. Well, it's and I crazy. think I think today's a really good example of like um, we won't edit out any of the stuff that we said nice. um, because I do feel like I mean if we um, one time we edited it out of one of our things because someone said something about a food place outside of this town and mm. that person I'm not going to even say if it was a he or she but that person just was like. Because of where I'm at, it. I don't want to have that part. And that's been the only time that we've ever edited anything out. Um, and um, anyway, because I do feel like, um, yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it, it just goes back to what we talked about at the beginning. It's like doing the right thing is always the right thing. Mm-hmm. And so um, if, if you are authentic and transparent, then there's no different stories that you have it's to true. tell. So, yep. but anyway, so I'm really excited to hear what Emily has to say about Sometimes that as well. Sometimes I feel like. The editing time, though, it's when you're just too forward and blunt. It's not even ill and edit- like when people need to edit and auth- authenticity oh, goes too that's far. Really, yeah. When, when you're just a little bit too forward I- and blunt, and it's like, like even with some of the things that I say, I feel like it's just a little bit too blunt to yeah. be received. Well, it's good intention. Well, though. and you didn't get to say all the explaining stuff around it. You yeah. know, it's like saying, I hate True. all of you who do not good eat. Good point. If you don't hire me for your marketing, you're not my friend. That's when you authenticity know, It's like, bad. well, we need to tell the rest of the story around Yeah. It. So if you ever have a question about what we've said or what we've meant, yeah. um, to me, I value authenticity and transparency because I value um, integrity and truth. However... I, I get that we're uh, maybe leaving behind explanation and there's more to the story. Life's a lot more complicated, I think, than we try to make it. True. There, everything's a headline. True. And so yeah. I think if you're listening to this, if you can, so when true. you're listening, just keep that in mind, yeah. that we really value authenticity. You could dissect Honestly, every truth. sentence. I know, I know. And really and I say, I say the wrong stuff always. Yeah. I, you know, like I, I tell my kids and I tell my staff, I'm always like, assume that I said it meaning that I love you. So yeah. <laughs> if you hear me say something, and I mean that to all of you too, it's like if you hear me say something, even if it's, you know, color eight, Q2, I, I watch them every day. So yeah. if there was something that I say, always assume that I meant I love you. Yeah. And then ask me how I must have meant I love you with what I said. So, totally. um, but anyway, well, thanks, Tucker. I really appreciate how um, transparent you yeah, are. It's really absolutely. great. And then um, the 28th, we are taking the week off for Chat and Grow, our whole office. Office is not officially closed, but we're unofficially closed. Nice. So, and then on the fourth, Janice Carstens, she is talking about vision boarding, which I love. I feel like people, it's one of those like talking about MLMs where I feel like there's so much value in them, mm-hmm. um, but other people maybe have a preconceived is vision notion. boarding pictures in front. Yeah, of like you, you literally yeah. put pictures on it. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know what um, I've gone through several sessions and I help put on workshops as well with someone who specialized in. Uh, personal growth and that yep. was part of their personal growth my theme. parents are so into that i know like, and you know time. i feel a renaissance coming on i feel like if you once you do it and then five years go by and then mm. you find it in your attic you yep. will be a, a believer and that's yeah. what happened to us like 
we had built our first vision board and Dwayne and I had just gotten married. And we built this vision board, and you know, at the time we lived in this little tiny house with our little tiny baby, and we're like, yeah. oh, someday we're going to live on this one farm, and we just imagined our dogs and our house, and That's we crazy. wanted to have alpacas, so we had all these pictures, out, and we wanted to travel. Well, we found it when we were moving to our farm, mm-hmm. and so it was exactly the farm we wanted wow. to live on, and it was like we were getting That's alpacas. Cool. Yeah, so it's like as I soon just, as that happens for you, you're like... Yeah. That is awesome. It's, it's along the lines of conscious conquer, yeah. right? You're yeah. choosing your destiny rather than just falling into well, it. And I'll, and I'll just kind of take that another step. I mean, whether it's the vision board or just writing down goals. Yeah. Um, Speaking I, into the mirror, right? Yeah, like All I, I had a little sticky note. Our first office that we had that was over on 2nd, um, it was just a little office that um, I really liked, actually. And I had, when I first moved in there, it was me and a desk and a really ugly paint and curtains. It was just horrible. It was mm-hmm. so ugly. But it had this big, beautiful window out mm-hmm. to the street, which, and I was downtown, so I was really happy. But in it, I had written just this really simple little sticky note, and it said goals mm-hmm. within one year. And I had this list, and one of it was within, was it within a year? No, I, I don't, yeah, it was within a year. And I said, I want to buy a building downtown. Awesome. And so when we moved here, that sticky note, was left by mistake. Like we just didn't That's see it. Awesome. And the landlord found it. Really? And he called and he emailed me. He was like, I just wanted to say, I yeah. found your list of goals and That's I'm big. so happy to see a part of it. That's so big. Yeah, so write down your goals. But anyway, so on the fourth, um what a great way to start the year too. January fourth we'll be talking about vision boards. So That's God, that was good planning. That really <laughs> I know, was, I, that was for 2018. It had to be a God thing because I did not do that on purpose. He just so, picked that. Yeah, that was that's, just like, that's our next date that we have. That's um, we've awesome. Been, yeah, really blessed with being that'd able be to work a, out. That would just be a good interview in general. That's yeah. worth tuning into just because of the topic in general. Yeah, well, that's yeah great. thanks, Tucker. Yeah. I'm so glad you like it. Absolutely. Good. It's awesome. Well, awesome. Well, we are going to head out, but uh, be sure to catch up with us next week. And like I said, we'll be posting more recordings of our interviews and we'll uh, be getting a lot more active, um, I would say, in the next month with uh, getting it out on social media. So be watching for our clips and tips and tricks. Thanks so much for Chat and Grow. The best is yet to come. Yes.